Hey, welcome. <laughs> a woman's journey is one where she blooms where she is planted, okay? Do you know what it takes to grow a blue rose from concrete? Yeah, that's the name of this podcast, Blue Rose Concrete. In this podcast, you will learn the process it takes for Eunice, Blue Rose, that's what I consider myself, um, to grow out of concrete. Come sharing the tears, laughter, and new discoveries with me. Tune in every Sunday at 5 p.m. And let's break through these concrete slabs together. You've been getting screwed over for quite some time, for years. So, like I was asking you before, what is the thing that made you decide, you know, I'm over getting screwed over? Because even that, as I was saying, that's recent. It's not something that's been there for years. This is recent. This is now, Eunice. is like, I'm not getting screwed over no more. So what's the change? Oh, what changed? I think last year, around this time, I had an eye-opener. During the time that I was sleeping in it. Well, two times. I think 2018, August. Was it August? School had already started, right? Yeah, it did. August and September of 2018. Eye opener. Like, I guess 2018 was an eye opener for me. When I moved back down to Miami and I thought, you know, whatever. That was an eye opener for me. I think that was like, whoo. Because I had one story in my head when I was going to pick up the kids from Haiti. And I came to Miami and I had another reality. So it was like, oh, shoot. Okay. Remember? Like, I'll help you. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll be there for you. And the reality was like, ooh, okay. Yeah, get your shit together. Like, you know what I'm saying? So and that opened my eye. And then last year, during the time that I went through what I went through, that also opened my eye. And it's not something that someone said or did, but it was the between the lines. What was not said, what was not done. It's not what was did, it's not what was said, but it was what was not said, what was not done. The phone for calls that I did for those who knew, yeah, and those so who didn't bother to know, who thought something was going on but they didn't care to check. Exactly. I'm that one person that does not feel entitled to anything. Nobody owes me nothing. I thank God that I work hard for every thing I own. I remember having this girl. I literally, <laughs> whew, I'm going to say what she said and how I responded. I remember this girl. She was a friend of mine. And I think you remember like in when I had the apartment over there on 135th and I kind of like wasn't going to, okay. I remember she said something. She said that I didn't have a pot to piss in. And that's because I left when I realized that she was using me and every month she couldn't pay her rent and she was making more money than me, but then she couldn't give me her part of the rent. I had to come Oh, I mean, Bart, I'll give it back. And it never happened. I was like, you know what? I'm leaving this apartment. And I called my dad. I said, Hey, I need to leave this place. Can you move me out? And I literally packed my stuff. My dad moved me out the apartment. I never went back. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and it's not that I couldn't pay it. I lied. I could have paid the apartment by myself, but I lied because I felt like she was really using me. I remember her saying I didn't have a pot to piss in. And my response was, well, all the pots you have are mine. So it's understood that you could say that because you have my pots. So I don't have a pot to piss in because you have my pots. Because all the pots you have belong to me. Like, why would somebody say that? 
my mom used to always tell me this, and I never understood it until later on in life. You allow people to do things. People don't just get up one day and do things to you. They start testing you. And my mom used to say that. Even in an abusive relationship, they'll start like, that, pushing um, you. Child, 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 child molesters. I'm trying to find the right words to say. That's the same thing that child molesters do. The person push you. They start small and then you let that happen. Before you know it, you're in a full abusive relationship. I mean, you can't get up. So it's the same thing. I felt like I allowed people to do those things. It started with the little things and I would laugh about it. And oh, I charge it to the game. That was my favorite line. Oh, I charge it to the game. I'll be fine. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm carrying all of this on me. All of this is heavy on me. I'm carrying it on me. I'm never healed from it. It's there. It's like constant. And I think about it and I build hatred and like it was there. And I got to the point where I'm like, hold on, stop. Let go. Let's heal and let's move forward. And I think I've really gotten to the place where I can say that I've healed from a lot of trauma, a lot of betrayal, a lot of things this year Hmm. because I actually see people for who they are. I accept everyone for where you are at right now in your life. And I'm not trying to paint anyone else and who you are. You are who you are. I respect that. If I can't deal with it, I deal with it in the way that I can. That's what I do. But it took some time. It didn't happen overnight. You know this firsthand. It did not happen overnight. I remember people doing things to me and me smiling in their face and going home and crying just because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. But then they were hurting my feelings. And when I actually say it cost me a lot to be the person that I am today and I will not change it for anyone, I mean it. It cost me a lot to be to be the person I am. Like it cost me friends. It cost me relationships. It cost and cost and cost. And it's continuing to cost me, but it's okay because eventually I will be where I want to be. And the goal is not to be surrounded by a bunch of people and feel lonely. The goal is to be around one person and feel valued, loved, understood, welcomed, and irreplaceable. (laughs) You know, like feeling those things in a place is what matters. I don't care to be amongst the crowd. No, I don't care about that. I've gotten to the point. People are not my circle. Like, I'm not influenced by people anymore. That doesn't move me. Being around a bunch of (laughs) So as I turn my back, like, no, I prefer to be around one person. And it's something you have to notice about me now, too. I used to always be at somebody's house. I'm always at people's house. It's like I was just trying to escape my own house. I'm always, no, it's because I just wanted to be surrounded by people. But people don't respond to that well. They disrespect you when you're like that. They don't value you. The Bible says don't go to your neighbor's house too often. And I don't understand how that, like, I didn't understand okay, why that was that. The Bible that. says, the Bible it got lessons. It does. With lessons. Girl, <laughs> gems. Anyways. But it's like, I had to get to that point because I'm like, Mm-mm. and I remember my mom used to always say this. And my mom taught me and my grandmother taught me some of the valuable lessons in my life. One of them being working is liberty as long as I'm not stealing. Listen, I live by that. I will die by that. Like working is liberty. As long as I'm not stealing, I earn this paycheck. Can't nobody tell me nothing. That holds a lot of value for me. Mm-hmm. And not only that, my mom used to say, mm-hmm. she used to always, I know, but she used to always say it to me. And I feel like she used to always say these things to me, Mm -hmm. not to all my sisters, but to me. 
I think she was realizing some of my character traits and was saying, this will hurt her in the future. And she would constantly repeat it to me. No, no, And my grandma used to say that to me too. Because you will find me, I remember growing up, my sisters weren't really at my grandma's. I was raised by my grandma. Rest in peace. I love my mama. My mom's mom, I love her so much. I love good mother. That's my mom. I was with her from three days old. And my mom came and got me. And I cried. I didn't want to leave my grandma. It really hurts me that I did not attend her funeral. I was pregnant with Edwin. I couldn't attend. Because she died in August. I birthed Eddie in September. And go to Haiti. And that is one death that I've never had the chance to grieve. And my mother's. We spoke about I had to just, okay, my grandma died. I'm not there. I never saw a video or anything. I heard about it. And then, yeah, she's gone. Okay. So all your plans of going to see her and all that stuff and her seeing your grandchild, her, her great-grand, like, it's not going. And, yeah, but you're giving birth next month. You can't cry. You can't mourn. You can't do none of that. Because, hey, it's a boy. Well, hey, you're having a baby. The let might go to your head and you might go crazy. That postpartum depression might get you crazy. Okay. Suck it up. Did you still deal with postpartum depression? After Edwin? Nope. No? Not after Eddie, no. After your first? No. I deal with postpartum depression after Hannah? Hannah was during depression. Not Hannah. <laughs> oh, God. After Abigail, I dealt with postpartum depression. And after Destiny. And those are the two kids I had after marriage. So that tells you a lot. Before we were married, I think I dealt with depression during my pregnancy with Kendra and dealt with postpartum depression because I got married right after Kendra, remember? Like I had her in December, got married in February. Well, went to court with a pet mari, with a mouchoir, leggings on, socks, cotton in my ears. My head was tied with the thing all the way on my... Because remember, she was a preemie. I'm thinking I'm about to go pay a ticket and I'm staying in the car. And when I get to the court, the man said, he's here to get married. You're like choked. <laughs> here I was planning to go to Georgia <laughs> to, to move because I didn't want to be with him no more. Oh. And hey, I'm trapped now. I got to get married. So I'm sitting here. Like I have all emotions. I'm crying, but I'm acting like I'm crying out of joy, but I'm really crying out of sorrow. I remember I out of him. sorrow a lot. I did. The wedding day in the car. I'm like, please, God, please make sure he's not there. Let, let him not be there. Let him not be there. Let him not be there. And he's there. I'm like, oh, he's there. Oh, he's there. He's here. Big smile on his face. I'm like, oh, shit. He's here. Can somebody save me? And I remember my dad saying, this is not going to last. But since you want to do it, do it. But it's not going to lie. But you didn't really want to do it. I think it was more so a balance. And in church. I think. Church really just like. Church. Like messed, more so. Messed us up for a long time. Oh. It was like church. For a long time. Because you know. suffocating. Oh. You can't read. You can't be who you are. Like it's like. Oh. I remember. Like this not lady. Not church. It's just. No. I mean. That particular appearance. That don't look church for me. There's no other choice of you. Like. But God. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. I don't care. Like church people are hypocrites. Yes they are. There are but I'm staying in church. Go through where you're like. Amen. Exactly. And then this is what I felt like as well. I felt like the church failed me because, yes, no mariem. Yes, no plassage of the mariem. Was there any um, counseling? Yeah. Yes. I had counseling session with the pastor that married us. And he literally said, I have to do it because it is required by the state. That I will say. 
but we had been living together for so long. So he's like, if you've been living together for this long and you're getting married, that means it's been working. And in my head, that's not what that means. but you know, to him, that's what it, remember, they're not trying to be so negative at these sessions. Because they want you to get married. So you can work in the church and work free. Apparently, that's how churches grow. Yeah. When the, the person gets married. They have when kids. The person gets, yeah, has kids when the person gets baptized. Yeah. It grows in souls and dies. So for me, I feel like, yes. Oh, if I don't get married to... And I remember when I found out that was not true. Oh... I still feel like I was robbed of my youth. It's just like, it all went to one freaking person. Like, I was robbed. Which is why you felt like you missed out on a lot. I didn't felt. I feel, I'm still feeling like I missed out on a lot of things. I want to date. I actually, like, get dressed. Someone picks me up, and I'm going out on a date. And then I get dropped back home, or whatever, and it's not, or I drive to go meet the person somewhere. I'm on a date, and then I go back home. It's, you know, like, it was just a day versus like just uh, yeah I'm in a relationship that's the church knows really happens with them but like I don't want to say like <laughs> I guess it's in our culture I feel as though they don't for date. the most part they do not date it's like you start from talking and then you hear my dumb way and then from it's like my loves and then within a month I love you within how within the next day I love how you. do you love me I love you how <laughs> you don't know me I you don't even you. know when I get cranky in the middle of the night and I just tell you move I don't want nothing mm-hmm. next to me the way you hold the sheet bothers me and I just want to uncover and I get up I go to the bathroom and I just get my journal and I start writing <laughs> like you'll think I'm crazy but I'm not I just I grew oh up God. alone <laughs> I grew up with me being the only child with my grandmother. So sometimes like my own space, even my kids sometimes like, I don't want to be around them. <laughs> like yeah, I love them. You be hiding in-, in the bathroom. Like I be hiding in the bathroom and they come, mommy, mommy. The funny thing is though, like, and I'll put my headphones like, on. This is like, I was in the bathroom and then she just came and then she brought, Blue Rose Concrete is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring women, especially those who have experienced trauma. I want them to know that life does not stop at trauma. The host is myself, Eunice Pierre, and I have guests co-hosts from different walks of life. Each episode, I introduce a subject for the week. I break the subject down into three sections, and in between the sections, I take a break. I will share past experiences that have molded me into the person that I am today, rather positive or negative. You know, (laughs) you can find it on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And then she brought the baby. And we just walked in the bathroom. And I'm sitting on the toilet and they're having a full conversation with me. And in my head, I'm screaming like, get out! (laughs) And the hard thing is, like, I'm with them 24 hours a day. I work at the school they attend. So we go to to school together. We leave together. We go home together. We eat. I shower. I use the bathroom there, there. And I don't go out. I don't go nowhere. I literally live a Lake Lekol Lakai life. That's literally my life as a 33 year old divorced now adult. Like, that doesn't make sense. 
happily divorced. Yeah, happily divorced. Thank you, Jesus. But nevertheless, like somebody would think, like, girl, this is your time to have fun to go out. Ooh. And I think that's another thing too. I've been programmed by the church again. Like, and me and him was going to not have fun, to not live. I remember when the lady told me, this is the only person you can marry for God to accept your marriage. I was like, I remember in my heart, I'm like, God, I'm doomed. What if God I'm is saying, miserable. what if God was saying at that moment, mind you, if you went to a church that was teaching you how to pray, how to fast, how to listen to God's voice, because at that moment, you didn't know how to listen to God's voice. No, I did not. But what if God was saying, yes, you made a mistake. I forgive you. And you can correct it. It's okay not to be with him. Like, what if God was saying that? And I think what if that... God saw the future would happen with you? And that's what he was saying to you. But instead, there go with the church folks. Putting their little <laughs> agenda exactly. on me. And what I hate about it is when you're leaving now. And it's not working out. And you literally are coming up for air. Like, I remember going through that depression session with Abigail. Him bringing the women to my house him cheating like women calling my phone and him using my phone to call these women and laying on the bed with him and he's on the phone with another woman and telling me to shh and i'm just like what the? it came to that point it came to that point because he got so comfortable with me accepting everything mm-hmm. and because of the church knowing that no nobody was say i don't believe in divorce we're not getting the divorce i'm going to pray this i'm going to fast i fast six to six I fast 7 to 7. I fast 24 to 24. <laughs> this is so funny thinking back to it. And he literally would pass at me in bitches and say, And I thought it was so true. It's the devil that caused him to cheat. It's the devil. It's the devil. And I would sit here and fast and fast and pray, and the devil would never leave him. <laughs> he would just get better at it, find better lies. His friends would cover up more stuff, and he would get more comfortable. These women would be so bold. And I remember one time he told a lady I was his mom when his mom was young on Facebook. He posted a picture of me, like I guess a while back, and the girl being FBI, I guess she went through his stuff, and I saw him write the girl, oh yeah, that was my, the girl sent him my picture, and was like, who is this? He's like, oh yeah, that's my mom when she was young. And I saw that. I'm like, I look like his mom when his mom was young. And I had to go back and get his mom picture. And like, I don't see how I look like this lady. She's red. (laughs) Her mouth is skinny. I'm black. Well, she was not always skinny. She was thick. It's the diabetes got her skinny. And I'm just like, I'm dark skinned. She's light skinned. She has no edges. I have edges. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, I look nothing like your mama. When she was young. Why did that picture look so like fresh and modern? The picture of his mom. Did the girl fall for it? She did. Oh, and they were in a full blown relationship. She told the girl he didn't have no kids, and here I was with three kids already married. And even the girl he's with now over there that he has the children with, like with her, she claims she's been with him since 2010. But sweetie, I had my second child December 2010. I got married March 2011. Had my third child, 2012, and the fourth one, 2013. So in all of this time, you mean to tell me he was with you? He proposed to you in 2012? Like, how does that work? He proposed to you in 2012, but was married to me in 2011. And then on top of that, it's like, I remember he was married to me, still married legally, and he sent her 
to go get a visa in Haiti as his girlfriend and gave her a letter and everything. Like, how does that not click in your brain that something's wrong with that? The U.S. government is so dumb that they don't know you're legally married to someone and have four kids with them. That you sign all four birth certificates. These are your kids. You're married to me. You're still married to me. We have the same damn address. But what does so not click? The question, though. The visa didn't go through? It didn't. She has not been able to get one since then. I feel like in due time, whatever God wants to do, whatever he wants for them, they'll be able to move on with their lives. And I pray that they do. I really do. Like, sincerely, I want him to be happy. I do. And I know that it might sound like, girl, for everything he put you through, the tears, the heartaches, the humiliation, the disrespect, the this and the that and the this and the that. But at the end, I want him to be healthy on the day my son walks across the stage cum laude <laughs> my daughter Kendra girl walks across that stage summa cum laude <laughs> okay and I'm gonna be like yeah you see that picture on Facebook that's where you're gonna see it at because you're not invited <laughs> you ain't got no ticket <laughs> me that's me that's my kids my blood I sweat my tears. So I want him to be healthy. I want them to be healthy. Like, and I literally, and the one thing that hurt me a lot that he did, and I think that's a conversation that at some point before I can fully be like, okay with him, we're going to have to have is him sending me a divorce on WhatsApp. That is not okay. I'm not someone you just met. I'm not someone you married today and left the next month or whatever. Yes, granted, you're upset I left you, but I left you for concrete reasons. Hell, biblical reasons. I was a good wife to you. Thank you for listening to Blue Rose Concrete. I truly believe that a woman's journey is one where she blooms where she is planted. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Until next time, don't become your own obstacle by limiting yourself to the environment you're in. You can follow me on Instagram, Eunice Inspires, for daily inspiration and use hashtag Blue Rose Concrete to share your thoughts on this episode. As always, I love you and I'm cheering you on.